Hey guys, um, welcome to Alaskwatch. So what I'm doing, this is my first uh, live broadcast uh, other than the launch party. And I had this uh, streaming service, I bought a month of it, and I've still got some time left with it, so I thought I would just record this episode live. And uh, I'll still release the, epi or the uh, audio version, obviously, but uh, I thought it would be kind of cool to use this streaming service and... Uh, do something on camera, and we'll uh, go from there. I thought it would be kind of cool. And um, just some house cleaning things uh, before I get started. Obviously, I'm sure most of you are sick of me talking about my book. Um, it is out. Uh, it's available. Uh, you can get the Kindle version on Amazon. You can buy the paperback version on Amazon. You can also buy the paperback version directly from me at my website, <clears throat> alaskwatchpodcast.com. There's a little store there. We've got uh, the book, uh, some patches, and some other cool little knickknacks there that you can pick up. Uh, the shot glasses, uh, we gave some away during the uh, launch party. You can pick some of those up there. Uh, unfortunately, because it's Alaska, I do have to charge a little bit for shipping. So uh, if you want the book and you don't want to pay shipping, you can pick up Amazon. If you want it signed, but you got to pay shipping, you can buy it from me. Happy to send it out for you. Um, also, if you're going to be in Alaska and you're going to be in the Homer area, there's also a couple of local bookstores that are carrying it. The Homer bookstore and the Old Inlet Bookshop are both carrying it. They both have uh, autographed copies that you can pick up uh, for the retail price. So uh, if you've uh, already sprung for the ticket, stop by and pick one up. Uh, today's episode is going to – oh, i got to mention the uh, the – documentary as well. Bigfoot Encounters uh, in the Pacific Northwest is available. Uh, right now it's only on Vimeo and it's available to rent or buy there. Uh, I don't believe it's going to be coming to Amazon. <clears throat> uh, I just recently learned that Amazon uh, back in February they've decided to stop accepting unsolicited content uh, which includes a lot of documentaries like ours. So we're Stevens looking into some alternative uh, options other to Amazon than streaming or some streaming options other than Amazon. So I, I don't really know where it's going to end up. It is on Vimeo though. So uh, you can head over there and uh, buy it or rent it. Uh, it's a pretty good flick. It's gotten some good feedback. Everybody that's watched it has really enjoyed it. Uh, I've watched it a couple of times. I, I really, you know, I'm biased obviously, but I really enjoyed it. But um, yeah, let's get into it. So today's show is about it's my review of Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, we sat down the other day and watched it, my wife and I. And, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, monster movies, of, you know, Godzilla movies. I have been ever since I was little. Um, I remember seeing the original King Kong versus Godzilla and just kind of upset that Kong won. And, uh, or no, was it? The Godzilla, because I heard there there's stories that there is an alternative version out there with another ending, and one of the Crestwood monster books actually like perpetuated that and said there was an alternate ending. And for years, I know myself and a bunch of other people have been trying to get a hold of that alternate ending, and to no avail. Which I don't think it really exists. I think that was kind of an urban legend that the Crestwood monster series kind of perpetuated. So 
Anyway, uh, it's been years and years since I've seen it. I think the last time I watched it was probably on like a VHS copy that I had recorded off a of TV. <laughs> so, but I've got a special guest in the studio with me today. He's going to help me review the movie. So, I've got, as you can see, I've got quite the collection of toys here. I thought I'd pull him down off the shelf so he could uh, partake in the festivities. But um, so the new MonsterVerse that they're calling it, it started with the God Godzilla and then Godzilla King of Monsters and then this movie that just came out this week. And I know it's fresh in my mind. I just saw it, but I think I have to say that Godzilla versus Kong is probably my favorite one. And uh, it's going to be some spoilers in here. Not not huge major spoilers, but spoilers nonetheless. Uh, you know, there's some characters in the movie that they kind of tried to keep uh, keep secret, and they weren't really um, put on display in the in the trailer. So I'm going to mention that character, a big character uh, for one. So if you kind of want to stay out of the loop, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, you might not want to watch any further because I'm gonna I'm gonna get out there. I'm gonna get into some spoiler territory. But my biggest gripes with the 2000, was it 2014 Godzilla and the King of Monsters was I thought they just spent too much time with the humans, too much time telling the story from the perspective of the humans, and not a lot, not enough, you know, monster on monster action. And I think this one, and I'm going to sound hypocritical for saying this, I almost felt like this one needed a little bit more time with the humans. Uh, it's the shortest of the MonsterVerse movies. It's only, uh, it's under two hours, like an hour and 50-some minutes. The rest of them are all over two hours. Uh, I, I think, is it King of Monsters? It's like two and a half hours. So this one, uh, I'm, I'm convinced... I, in fact, I almost know for certain that there is another cut of this movie or at least more footage of this movie that they could have inserted. Uh, I think the director has pretty much said so himself. Uh, he made the comment, I believe, that there was enough enough footage to have a five-hour cut. But in that, he also mentioned that most of it would be people talking about the monsters and not the monsters you know, themselves, not the monsters fighting, which is what the people want to see. So... I, I kind of I feel like there's some important stuff that kind of got left out, uh, some some explanations, stuff like that. Um, there seems to be a time jump. I don't think they ever really explain how much time has passed. But the first movie, the the, the Godzilla movie, seemed like it was very much grounded in our reality, and other than the giant monsters running around. It was our world, you know, our right now, time and place. Uh, but with this movie, there seems to be, have been a little bit of a jump, a time jump. And the technology, there's some technology in the movie that's just way beyond anything we have today. And the humans are at one point flying around in these like flying cars. And I know... <laughs> You know, it's a movie with a giant lizard and a giant monkey, and I'm, I'm complaining about the flying cars. I know, but uh, it just—I felt like maybe they could have just spent like a couple of scenes, uh, maybe hashing that out a little bit better. You know, how far in the future is this? Uh, you know, where did they suddenly come up with these flying cars that 
can travel thousands and thousands of miles apparently. But uh, you know, it's a small gripe. I was very entertained by the movie. I thought it was really good. I'm going to watch it again. And I felt that Godzilla, you know, Kong is definitely, I would say the main monster, the main character. We spend a lot of time with Kong. We learn more about Kong. Uh, we learn more about his past, I guess you would say, his uh, environment he lives in. And then Godzilla is almost just kind of a, I don't want to say a footnote, but basically just like a, a force of nature that just comes in and, and does what he does. Uh, not a lot of time spent uh, talking about Godzilla or his past or his species even, um, which they did do quite a bit of that in the last movie, The King of Monsters. So this was more like Kong's movie, I guess you would say. And um, something interesting I noticed in Kong Skull Island and in this movie, Godzilla versus Kong, they've dropped the king from his name. And I, I, I wonder what's behind that. I wonder if it's just they just wanted shorter titles or if there's some they were just trying to avoid something with the word king. I, I don't understand that. I, I'd, I'd be curious to know what the reasoning behind that was with the studios to shorten his name just to Kong now. He's no longer King Kong. Is it because Godzilla's king of the monsters? And I don't want to confuse people. I don't know. I thought that was kind of weird. But um, you could probably hear my dog snore behind me. I took him out and played with them, ran them pretty hard before I came in here to record because I didn't want them uh, barking and causing a ruckus. But now they're back there snoring, sawing logs. So I really, I really enjoyed the movie. Um, something else that I thought was kind of cool is it's one of the first, let's see, we got a comment. Josh says, I agree. They need to add more human interactions in the movie. It should have been a 30 to 40 minutes longer. I, I don't know about 30 to 40 minutes longer, but I, I definitely think they could have, they, they needed just to explain a couple more things, um, drag some more stuff out. Um, I felt like, well, we'll get into it in a minute, but the, um, I lost my place. What was I talking about? So we've talked about the them dropping Kong or King from Kong. I, I don't, I still don't understand what that was about. But I felt like, well, like Josh was saying, they, they needed to kind of explain things a little bit more. Uh, I felt there was a lot in the mythology of Kong that they left out. I, I'm don't get me wrong. I don't think they left it out. I think they, I think it exists. I think they filmed it. I just don't think they included it in the movie. Um, I read an interview with the director where he said he doesn't like, that he doesn't like it when movies go over two hours. He thinks two hours is about the perfect length for a movie. And yeah, I mean, if that's his opinion, that's his opinion. I know studios prefer shorter run times so they can show the movie more times a day and get more people in. Uh, but I also kind of wonder with the state of the world as it is right now with the pandemic, you know, a lot of people aren't really going to movies. Uh, movie theaters have reduced capacity. I know our local theater is only at 50% uh, capacity, I believe. So I wonder if they're even, you know, most of the new releases are going straight to uh, streaming. So I wonder if that's even a thing they're thinking about anymore is the runtime. I mean, who cares if it's a three, four hour long movie? People are just going to sit in their living room and watch it anyway. Um, case in point, the recent Justice League re, uh, release, the, the Snyder Cut, 
it was four hours long. We sat and watched it pretty much in one setting. I mean, we sat down, turned it on. I think maybe we took a couple of breaks, but uh, for the most part, we just sat down and watched it all the way through. So anyway, let's get back to, to Kong, who's the biggest Bigfoot of all, I, I think. <laughs> um, I really think they could have expanded a lot more on the mythology of Kong. They really hinted toward a lot more going on with Kong and his species and his family. And they didn't really offer a lot of explanation uh, in the trailer. If you've seen the trailer, uh, you've seen him wielding the ax. It looks like it's the blade is made out of the, uh, the Godzilla spike, like one of these things. And um, that certainly appeared in the movie. He certainly wielded it, uh, but there wasn't a whole lot of explanation given to where it came from. When I saw it in the trailer, I just assumed like Kong probably made it. Uh, that's not the case. He actually picks it up um, in the hollow earth and brings it up with him to fight Godzilla. And there's not a lot of explanation given to it. Uh, you know, we get the, I guess the impression uh, that it was wielded by his ancestors, but that's about it. There's not a whole lot more that goes into it. And one could almost argue that's a good thing. Like, let us use our imaginations. Like, we're so used to being spoon-fed everything. Maybe they, maybe it's a good thing that they left a few things out. We can fill in a few blanks in our mind and uh, make the story better than, you know, as good as we want it to be. So, anyway, I, I felt that was something that could have been touched on a little bit more. Uh, I was a little confused by some things like uh, when we first get introduced to Kong in this movie, he's basically living under a dome. And I, I believe he's still on Skull Island, but he, they've domed it off. And it's basically explained as, well, you know, we're protecting him from Godzilla. So Godzilla doesn't come uh, because Kong is, I guess, an alpha Titan. I don't know how they determine what an alpha Titan is. I mean, I guess they, they have a maybe a test they give them, like a COVID test. I don't know. He's an alpha titan. So uh, they say they've got to protect Kong or Godzilla's going to come and, and attack him uh, because he's an alpha as well, and there can't be two alphas. And I couldn't help but wonder when they said that, I mean, this dome that he's living under, it had to cost like billions and billions of dollars. And I was like, why? <laughs> why, why are they... Uh, why are they protecting Kong from Godzilla? Why do they, why do they care? Yeah. Um, but uh, that was one of the things like the resources used in this movie, if it was a real life, I mean, basically they talk about getting Kong out of the dome and, uh, and taking him to Antarctica so he can help them find the entrance uh, to the hollow earth, which is something that they've kind of been building towards for the, the series which I thought was good. You know, it was kind of a slow burn up to the hollow earth, which we actually see in this movie. And those of you that follow, you know, Fortean uh, cryptid topics, uh, know that's an actual theory that's out there. People believe that there, you know, may be uh, caverns that lead to underground, large underground uh, caverns where there may be creatures that uh, we don't, know about or haven't discovered yet. And that might be the explanation for a lot of strange creatures and uh, entities that we see. And uh, we've got a couple of comments. Jennifer says maybe a uh, continuous secret prequel. Yeah, I think probably 
I think they're probably going to be more. Um, and that's something I kind of wanted to, to touch on is that I think that they could really, really, really take off of this series if they wanted to and build on it. Uh, you know, you've got your, your Titans, obviously your big giant monsters like Godzilla. You're going to wait, but, um, they could also build on that and say, well, what about the smaller threats that Monarch deals with? Like, well, like Bigfoot or, you know, Chupacabras or anything like that. Like you could have a TV series that follows Monarch field agents that go after smaller threats, lesser Titans or something that are basically cryptids. And then, you know, in your movies, you could deal with the big Titans like Godzilla, Kong, stuff like that. I, I would, that would be great. I mean, that would be a perfect, world build, building, you know, like your Marvel uh, universe sharing series. That would be amazing. I think, I don't know. I know if I was a little kid and there was something like that out there, I would eat that crap up. I don't know how kids today would feel about it, but holy cow, that would be amazing to me. But uh, Steven says he disliked the beginning, the beef that Godzilla had with Kong lack depth. I do agree. And that's one of the things I was touching on where I feel like they didn't go into a whole lot of explanation with things. Like when he gets down, when Kong gets down to the hollow earth and he finds basically this uh, giant cavern and the axe, I believe there was supposed to be more that we learned during that sequence where we learned that <clears throat> Kong's ancestors and Godzilla or Godzilla's ancestors, I don't know, uh, actually had fought some kind of war or it had some kind of um, a beef uh, in, in the past. And I think that was a lot of the stuff that was left out. But, uh, again, I, I think it's out there. I just don't think they put it in the movie. So, um, I mean, maybe they'll, they'll explain it in a, a sequel. I don't know. I don't know how, how they're going to go with it now. They've kind of built up to Kong versus Godzilla and they hinted at it in some of the other movies with the cave paintings. I think where you saw like a Kong and a Godzilla creature kind of fighting. So I think, I think there's a lot more that they could expand upon with that, but I don't know that they're going to. I don't really know where they're going to go with it. Uh, Mechagodzilla, I thought, was pretty cool. And Mechagodzilla is the character that they kind of left out of a lot of the marketing. He wasn't in the trailers. Uh, I knew he was going to be in the movie because I had seen some um, leaked toy images you know, before they make these big blockbusters, obviously they, they want the toys to be available when the movie comes out. So the toys are always produced, you know, months and months before the movie comes out and people get pictures of them. They post them on the internet. So I was pretty confident that Becca Godzilla was going to be in the movie. Although I was wrong about how he was introduced. Uh, my theory was that I thought that the Godzilla that was going around attacking everybody was going to be Mecha Godzilla you know, just like with basically with like a T2 or yeah, T Terminator type skin over him. Uh, and he would be revealed later on in the movie to be Mechagodzilla. That wasn't the case. And I think if they had to put skin over their Mechagodzilla, I don't think he would have looked right at all. So uh, <laughs> anyway, I was completely wrong. Uh, so even though that part had been spoiled for me that I knew he was in the movie, I was still surprised at how he was introduced. And, um, I'm not going to talk too much about how he fits into the movie, but I will say, uh, I believe it was the the post credit scene or mid credit scene in King of Monsters that kind of explains 
a little bit more about him. Uh, if you didn't watch in King of Monsters uh, during the credits, there's like a post-credit scene. Uh, keep an eye on that, and uh, you'll kind of get a little bit better idea about where Mecha Godzilla uh, comes from, how he gets his powers, stuff like that. So it was uh, it was interesting. It was not what I thought they were going to do, which you know is a good thing. It's good to be surprised when you're watching movies, I guess. You don't want to go in uh, knowing exactly what's going to happen all the time. But I felt there was a good mix uh, of human monster ratio. I don't feel like they overdid it with the humans. And in fact, I think they probably could have drawn out the humans a little bit more. Oh, I remember what I, my thought that I was going to say earlier. This is the first major movie, the first like big blockbuster movie that I can think of in which, I'm sorry, she's sawing a log back there. Uh, in which podcasts are referenced and used. And what I'm talking about is the a conspiracy podcast that uh, the, the one character, Bernie, produces, uh, where he talks about the Apex Chemicals, or is it Apex Mechanics, the, the Apex Company, and uh, the shady stuff that they're doing. And the, the one, the character, uh, Millie Bobby Brown, I can't remember her name in the movie, uh, you know, she listens to the, him religiously, like all the time. She's running around listening to his podcast. And um, I thought that was pretty cool because actually, believe it or not, there are people in today's society that don't know what a podcast are. Uh, I'll mention occasionally, like, yeah, I, you know, I listen to this podcast or I host this podcast. And there's a lot of people that are like, what are, what are especially older people, uh, what are a podcast? And I was like, well, it's like a radio show, but it's on the internet. So I was kind of surprised to see that the the movie such a major blockbuster um had such a prominent role for a podcast and i thought that was kind of cool i think maybe we're seeing podcasts are starting to finally become uh mainstream generally accepted uh it was a cool it was a cool little shout out uh it was a cool little shout out to the cryptid and conspiracy uh genre of podcasts and uh, i was happy to see it in the movie and uh, I hope we see some more like that. I actually like the character of Bernie quite a bit. Um, like I said, we didn't get too far deep in the woods with his backstory or any of that, which honestly, you know, I, I, I liked some of the truncated stuff that they left with the, with that. I felt like we could have learned a little bit more about Kong's history, but as far as the human characters go, I was, I was happy. Um, let's see. Steven says the Bernie character made it as a serious investigator podcast. Remind me of how Woody Harrelson's character in the movie, the end of the world with John Cusack. I don't remember the name of it now. Is it the day after tomorrow? I don't, I don't remember. Anyway. Yeah. It was, it was nice to see podcasts getting some major movie blockbuster shout out. So that was fun. Uh, I enjoyed that. And then, we got plenty of good monsters. Actually, there was only really the two major battles. If you watch the trailer, you see Kong and Godzilla fighting uh, near the water on the aircraft carrier, and then you see them fighting in Tokyo. And then there's a couple of minor battles in in between, but not between those two. And uh, that's pretty much about it. And you know, the, I thought the two hours went by pretty fast. Um, I, I really think that. 
they had they could throw in a just a little bit more of the mythology of the Kong mythology and explain a little bit more about um, his ancestors and the origin of the uh, battle axe. And I think that would be about it. That's about all I would say I would change other than, and this is my big gripe. So big spoiler. This is my big gripe with the movie is how Godzilla. So he's standing in Hong Kong, right? And, and I'm not even sure why. Maybe because Kong activated the axe. I'm, I'm quite not sure what caused this. Again, I, th I think maybe they could have expanded on this a little bit more. Uh, Godzilla, his Godzilla sense goes off or whatever, and he starts uh, using his breath, his radioactive heat breath. And he basically, they're in the hollow earth, Kong and the main, most of the main, the one group of main humans are. And he uses his breath basically to tunnel down and shoots a beam into like Kong's, living room down there in his chamber that he's in. And, uh, that, that was, that almost jumped the shark for me. I was like, you got, and then Kong climbs up through the tube and come pops out in Hong Kong. And that was a little bit of a jump the shark moment for me where I was like, come on, even in a movie with flying cars and giant lizards and, and monkeys <coughs> that, <laughs> that was almost too much for me. I know they had to get those two characters together in that scene at that time, but man, that was, I felt like they could have, could have come up with a little bit better uh, explanation for that. But that was just a little bit too much for me. And also I remember in some of the other movies, I seem to remember Godzilla had to wait a little bit and recharge before he could use his radioactive breath. And in this one, in this film, he just seemed to just, it was like a unlimited supply. It just, it was available when he needed it. And there was no limitation on it at all, it seemed. And uh, that, that kind of bugged me a little bit. But again, I don't think this is a movie you're really supposed to sit down and analyze too deeply. It's a fun popcorn movie. It's two monsters fighting it out in the middle of a city. <clears throat> um they make a, a short, like, if you blink and you miss it, reference to the city's been evacuated. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so apparently nobody was killed uh, in, in the uh, battle, which is a good thing, which is kind of what they did, I think, with uh, Superman versus Batman, the end fight, the end scene with when he fights Doomsday. They're just like, you know, don't worry about that part of the city. It's uninhabited. <laughs> so just so we don't worry about any collateral damage uh, from the from the big bads fighting it out, <clears throat> but it's definitely worth your time. If you're a fan of Godzilla or Kong and my last probably gripe of the movie would be the very ending. I believe the, the director had gone on record as saying there's going to be a clear winner uh, between Godzilla versus Kong. And I didn't really feel that way. Um, I think my interpretation of what happened was <clears throat> Kong realized through his um, little girl that he hangs out with that Godzilla wasn't his enemy and he helps Godzilla defeat Mechagodzilla. But then at the end, there's kind of a little face off between Kong and Godzilla. They don't really fight, but they kind of, you know, have a stare down. And it seemed to me that Kong submitted, you know, I think he drops his ax and kind of, you know, all right, you know, 
you're good. And Godzilla takes off and goes back into the water. And I assume that means that Godzilla won, but I don't really, I kind of feel like that that's another scene that maybe could have been expanded upon, maybe with a little human commentary where uh, one of the humans explains like, oh, look, you know, Kong doesn't want to fight anymore. He submitted. Um, so I, I don't know. I kind of felt, I felt like the movie was a good length. I liked the, the short run time. But there were a few, just a few nuggets in the movie that I feel like could have been expanded upon, like Kong's history and that final stare down between the monsters. I kind of, I would have liked to maybe see Mechagodzilla be a little bit more of a, um, of a looming threat. He, he kind of just shows up at the end and, and I mean, he's got very little screen time. And uh, <clears throat> I don't think there's any chance that he's coming back for another one. So, spoiler. But anyway, those are my thoughts on uh, Godzilla versus Kong. I don't. I, I think uh, it was probably the my favorite. Well, Kong Skull Island is really good. It's it's. I'm not sure if Kong Skull Island is my favorite, or and maybe that's why they removed the king from it. Maybe maybe it's because Godzilla. Uh, yeah, maybe because Godzilla is the king of the monsters. Um, I guess Kong could be king of the hollow earth. I don't know, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't, um, I don't know if skull Island still my favorite or Godzilla versus Kong. I have to, I have to watch them again. I think I'd have to go with Kong skull Island as my favorite just because the move, the music and, uh, the movie just such has such a cool vibe to it. But, um, I really enjoyed Godzilla versus Kong. Definitely going to watch it again. Um, I can't say the same about King of the Monsters and and God, the first Godzilla movie. Um, Steven says Kong Skull Island is my favorite. Totally rock. <clears throat> it, it it did. It was a great movie, and I think uh, yeah, I think probably Kong was my favorite. But I'll, like I said, I'll have to watch Godzilla versus Kong again. Uh, maybe I'll watch them side by side. Have a monster movie weekend or something. But I don't really see myself going back and watching the Godzilla, the first Godzilla movie. And then I might watch King of Monsters if it's on and there's nothing else going on. But uh, I could see myself definitely like popping in. Let's watch Godzilla versus Kong or let's watch Kong Skull Island. I've watched Kong Skull Island like three or four times. So yeah, I, I thought it was a good flick. Uh, I hope they make more. I really would love to see them expand that, that universe. I'd like to see them expand that world and get more into more um, localized threats like like Bigfoot or Jersey Devil or something like that. You can see those monarch agents kind of almost like a marathon movie, almost like a X-Files type series, only you know the monsters are real and you know they're you know the monsters are out there. It's just how are they gonna deal with them and what are they gonna do and which ones of them are you know like need to be taken care of and which ones just need to be monitored and, and maybe uh, kept away from people but yeah i think that would it would be an awesome show they just do a monarch show and just deal with smaller threats and then you could use the the titans for the big movies uh, man i'd love to see that yeah if anybody uh watches this or hears this it's affiliated with uh warner brothers so uh, make that happen I won't, I won't even sue you when you do it so for stealing my idea <laughs> i'm sure they've already had it 
anyway, guys, uh, I hope you liked my review. Hope I didn't spoil anything for you. Uh, if you get a chance, check out the movie. I really wish I had an IMAX theater within driving distance of me because uh, I would love to see it in IMAX. I bet it looks amazing. Um, I watched it actually at home. I didn't even, we didn't go to the uh, local theater and see it um, just because they do have the distancing guidelines and they're at like 50% capacity and we didn't want to mess with going. So we just watched it at home. Um, we are eventually going to have to get back into the movie theaters eventually though. Anyway, guys, I hope you enjoyed my review. Um, please subscribe to the podcast, give us a like and review, and uh, I will um, talk to you later with another episode of Alaska Watch.